We're emerging into something new and better. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Value for Value podcast. My name is Kyron, host of the Mere Models podcast and book reviews and the Value for Value show. And so this is the show where I'm talking about the Value for Value model, a basically a, a way for digital content creators to connect deeper with their audience and to monetize as part of that process and why this is much better than things like using advertising or using paywalls and other methods like that. And I just wanted to reiterate that I am live on a Wednesday, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is the equivalent of a Tuesday or Wednesday midnight, that that barrier between the two um, UTC zero. So uh, wherever you are in the world, if you want to tune into these episodes live, I would very much appreciate it and join me. And um, yeah, if you uh, just go to the podcastindex.socialmastodon, you can learn a bit more about that there and or reach out to me personally via any of the links in the show notes. So let's jump into today's topic and we're going to talk about the emergence of podcasting 2.0. So you heard in the last couple of episodes about the three, the four properties that I was talking about, decentralized, self-sovereign, permissionless and value transfer, why these are common across value for value, Bitcoin and podcasting. We In the last episode, we got into what is a podcast and we were sort of seeing podcasting is open by definition that is the the whole purpose of it is to have this open easy way for me to share information or for you or for anyone and to access that information and why this is super important and we kind of see okay there's a couple of companies that aren't following these four properties you know notably apple spotify youtube and the advertising model which doesn't throw into that which doesn't help and we kind of see okay that's moving away from what podcasting was that was the trend over these last couple of years so in, in particular from kind of uh, let's just say 2018 through to 2020 so what is podcasting 2.0 why does this thing how has it emerged well basically podcasting 2.0 is a community of developers of hosts of podcasters and listeners who want to improve podcasting and not only keep it as this open, decentralized, self-sovereign, permissionless with value transfer medium, but also to enhance it, to make it better, to add some things into it, which have been uh, honestly being neglected for decades. There's very, almost since the exception of podcasting, these things could have been added, but it it became kind of um, stagnated. Um, much of this kind of due to Apple and and them deciding what to or what not to include and they were kind of big drivers of this and so podcasting 2.0 was being spearheaded by two awesome gentlemen the first one is one that you will hear very often on this show is adam curry and this is because he is the voice of the boostergram lounge and adam curry uh, just to give you a little bio here of him he was a former dj turned MTVJ. So this was back in the days when MTV was something that people would watch. <laughs> and he helped and focus and drive the development of the medium of podcasting. He was one of the people who uh, came up with the idea of putting audio into an RSS uh, feed and much like how you could have text and put this into an RSS feed as a blog. He was the one saying like, what if we did this with audio? And then with the iPod coming out and having a 
a device to listen to these recordings and these audios, it's like, wow, okay, amazing. This is, uh, is going to be transformative. So he helped develop the medium through testing and very much doing what he's doing now with podcasting 2.0 with uh, creating a show which implements all of these new features, these new tags, these new improvements and allowing developers to, to come at it. And if things break, it's okay because it's not that, you know, it's, it's not a super serious thing. It's not like the end of the world if, if this stuff doesn't work or does work or if it takes a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And so it's just a very much a, a, a community where people come in, if they want to improve podcasting, they can come in and, and, and help out. So Adam Curry, we, he was the one who was helped driving this and he's uh, a very, very good podcaster in his own right and has many different shows, The No Agenda, uh, Mo Facts. He's gonna start up a new one called Booster Grand Ball very, very soon, which I'm super, super excited about because I think this is gonna change the music industry. And then we also have Dave Jones. And so Dave Jones is a sysadmin, many years of experience of open source and database work. Uh, it, one of the things he created was uh, called Freedom Controller, which was basically an aggregator of being able to get microblogs and uh, compile them all into one kind of RSS reader. If I had to try and describe it, I know I'm not getting that exactly right, but uh, he's very good at aggregation. He knows how to get lots of different sources from different places and put them all into one database and then have that database open for other people to come into and use it how they how they see fit so it's kind of this perfect blend of you know the one guy who's this awesome energetic driving force big ideas uh, amazing you know talent and and hard work obviously of adam curry and then also the other who is the kind of more technical detail orientated writes able to write the code able to put in you know this huge background foundation which can then lead to an explosion of of innovation so we have these two people and uh, they got together to podcasting 2.0 basically they started a show called podcasting 2.0 and there's many different aspects of what podcasting 2.0 is and so i'll try and tackle each of these in its own right one is the and the the foundation one was the podcast index and so this was basically instead of the index being at solely apple and this is the one that all app developers so if you are listening on podcast addict if you're listening on podcast guru if you're on uh, hypercatcher if you're on you know apple themselves uh there was this kind of predomination that everyone would use the Apple index. This is the place to find out where all the podcasts in the world are. And what, what as we examined in the last episode, we saw, okay, there's a couple of risks with this because one, Apple's not going to try and innovate. They're not going to try to, to move uh, the ability to create better podcasts forward and have all these new features. And they're very much arbitrators of what goes into and not into that. And if you have someone who is deciding that, um, if you have just one person deciding that, well, then you're, you're kind of under the rule and thumb of what they decide, which can, for the most part, be good. They, they seem to have done a pretty good job of it over the last two decades. But, you know, a couple of things were, were coming up where it was showing uh, maybe it would be good just to have another option. And so this is the podcast index. And so going on to their own website, the podcast index is here to preserve, protect and extend the open, independent podcasting ecosystem. 
We do this by enabling de developers to have access to an open categorized index that will always be available for free for any use. And then they are saying how you can try a new podcasting app and some explanations of how it's operated, the financing of it, which is basically just from people like me donating into the show. A lot of this is actually due to hosts and um, the actual podcast apps themselves. So the, the financing of it has largely been done by uh, people like Buzzsprout, people like RSS.com, people like Blueberry, people like uh, Marco Arment from Overcast. I'm not going to be able to name everyone, but and then also from people like myself sending in in money to the show uh, via PayPal or via one of their inventions, Boostergrams. And so that is the the index. And basically the index has a, at this current moment, 4,159,091 podcasts in it. And these are kind of the, the biggest curation of things that you would actually call a podcast as we talked into the last episode, what is a podcast? No, this doesn't include YouTube feeds because YouTube feeds and shows are not a podcast. Uh, and some technical things as well, just in terms of, you know, is a podcast of someone going test, 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 and coughing into the microphone for 10 seconds for one episode, is that a podcast? Yeah, not really. So it's basically the, but you know, if you have two episodes and you do that three uh, or, or do that three times, that that will make it into the index. So basically, if you want to get the largest source of high quality podcast, this is the place to come to. What does this help foster and create? Well, this helps to have a one, a central location, which uh, application developers. So this is um, podcatchers were what they used to be called. Basically nowadays where you can listen to your podcast. It's a huge open source. Um, it's going to be free. You know, they, they, they maintain that in the, in the bio here, this is free. So, um, there is no cost for someone to come in and to be able to access all of these. And basically it's a, an amazing resource for people who want to start up their own new podcast app. They think they can do a better job than Apple or Spotify or Google or any of the other ones out there. And they can come in and, and they can create it without having a huge financial burden to, to start off with. So uh, once again, this is kind of the permissionless nature of it. One of this is helping to provide that, that permission for, for, for anyone to do it. They, they, they don't need um, a, a gatekeeper saying, you know, you need to give us this much money to have access to, to our index. So uh, the other aspect that is uh, with this is a namespace has been developed. And this is something I struggled with when I first entered into kind of podcasting 2.0 community. What is a namespace? And I heard this word many, many a time. I looked it up on Google. I didn't really understand it. It's still, and it took probably, <laughs> probably a half a year to a year until I kind of started to get the feel of how people were using it in speech. And I'll read out the definition that is probably the best one that I found, which was on Wikipedia. So in computing, a namespace is a set of signs, uh, and then in brackets names, that are used to identify and refer to objects of various kinds. A namespace ensures that all of a given set of objects have unique names that they can be easily identified. Uh, once again, this is where I went, what, what does that mean? Then it's talking about structured hierarchies to allow reuse of names in different contexts, uh, things like this. The way I would probably explain it is a namespace is where it's kind of the rules of the game. So 
in English and most, well, in English for sure. If I put something in brackets, I understand that that is to be kind of read separately in my own mind, just like I did then. It's a set of signs and then brackets, names. So this is kind of saying, you know, when I use uh, curly brackets, I should say, or um, they, the, or parentheses is what I should technically say. When I use parentheses, I know, okay, that's not part of the sentence. That's kind of just saying, oh, this is an addition onto the, the word that came before it. When I have a full stop, I know that means, okay, stop here. And the, the next words that are coming, this is going to uh, mean, uh, it can be a different meaning and it doesn't even need to relate to what was talked about uh, previously. When I capitalize something, usually I know that means it's a name. This is kind of how I view a namespace. It's basically saying, uh, if I have a document and it's full of text, so in this case, it's XML, uh, I will know, and, and basically I will know if I have something that says location, semicolon, I or colon, I will then know whatever comes after that is kind of linked to the location. And so we can see this is kind of just a way of structuring grammar. It's just a way of being able to, it's not super, super technical, like a, a programming language. It's kind of just above that in terms of, in terms of just like the formal, formalized rules of this is how you maybe use grammar. And, and so the equivalent here I would say is in English, okay, we know this word and you know, we use this alphabet system, A through Z, zero through nine, and then special characters. This is how we form the English language how we actually use them in, in certain words and what this word you know roughly means or when I put a full stop in, this is kind of the namespace. So um, what does having a new namespace actually help do? Well, it means you can add in features which were not there previously. So technically this would be called a tag. And what these uh, can do is add in cool things that have just been needed forever for decades, but have never been implemented across a wide variety of applications because it's really hard to kickstart these off the ground because people will, will not want to follow this one. You know, it's basically just the problem of getting people together in groups and agreeing to do something or move in one direction. Very hard to get a lot of people to do that. And so what this namespace has allowed is these new features to be uh, formalized and then to, so for everyone to agree, okay, when we write, this um, you know sentence or th these characters in this special way, it will mean this. And so then everyone who's writing it, so from me, the, the podcaster, writing it in my feed through to the, the podcast developers, the applications, they can read that and they go, oh, okay, I know what Karen's trying to do here and I can show this in my app in this certain way. So let's go through just a couple of them. For example, uh, one which has been desperately needed forever is transcripts. So this is being out, having the ability to link to a document of everything that I say in the episode. And usually this will be in the uh, .srt format, it can also be in .txt. So it's basically just the actual words that I'm saying right now. Having that, a link to that document somewhere in my podcast feed so that when someone comes along like an app and they go, oh, okay, you know, I would like to search um, what's, what's in this podcast episode, what they said, maybe uh, it, I'd be able to skip forward and, and find that. 
or perhaps if I am hard of hearing, I can actually have the words scrolling on the screen as well, sort of an accessibility type of thing. Why can't I have that in my uh, RSS feed so that people could do that? And the reason for forever, or another uh, great example is my friend, uh, Pete Smithson from the Aussie English podcast. He helps people learning Australian English and uh, he would have used this for sure if it was available in, and he started his podcast, uh, I think in 2017, 2029, uh, yeah, uh, in uh, a while ago before podcasting 2.0 and transcripts are invaluable to people who are learning uh, English and especially Australian English because we use so much slang and we swear a lot. It's, uh, you know, having a transcript was uh, vital. He couldn't do this through any of the podcasting hosts. So he actually had to create an app just for his listeners to be able to, to tune in and to see the transcripts as they were doing this. And I know many other um, podcasts also try and do this as well. Uh, ones like um, Easy German, which is one that I have listened to in the past because once again, this is a, and they have to offer it via their website because you can't do it in the podcasting app because there was no formalized definition structure of, hey, this is what a namespace is, you know, this is the podcast namespace. This is what having an SRT file in your, uh, in your feed means, you know, this app can then do it. And then this other one can also look at that and go, oh, okay, I know what that means. So what this has allowed is just a huge amount of creativity. So in the last two and a half years, there have been 20 formalized uh, tags, but probably the best way to talk about this is features. So many of these features are ones like I just mentioned there with the um, the transcript, but we also have ones like uh, funding. We have locked funding chapters, soundbite, person, location, season, episode, trailer, license, alternate enclosure, GUID, medium, images, live item, which is what I'm using now to go live social interact, block, uh, TXT, remote item, pod roll, update frequency, pod ping, and value time split. All of these, and I'll get into some of these in, in future episodes, all of these have just allowed a huge amount of creativity to pop up on these different podcasting apps. And you can focus on different things. Fountain is much more about the uh, the kind of value and using that as a signal to help create interactions between different people within their app. The PodFriend app, for example, is really great for the visual aspect of having the uh, different people speaking with the transcript, utilizing this with the person tag. So you kind of have speech bubbles showing up between the different people as they, as they start talking from one to the next. Uh, it just a kind of imagine like you were looking into a group chat of someone and and you can kind of see okay this bubble is from them and it's got their little picture and name attached to it and then this person was saying this thing in response it's kind of like a visual version of that so many different cool things uh, are being added into the podcasting experience and this and helping to further the the point of podcasting which is being able to connect with your audience to get information across in a way that people will understand in an unfiltered manner to make it easy for people to communicate with one another. The whole point of, of podcasting is, is for these sorts of things. And all of this is enabling that and allowing a lot of creativity. We can actually see this has been pretty damn successful because 
uh, many apps which were not previously existed have popped up and many old apps uh, such as Podcast Addict, uh, for example, have adopted many of these features. And so uh, going onto the podcastindex.org uh, website and, and searching via apps, I counted them all up. I saw 36 on here which support at least one of these uh, new new features and some of these are bigger ones which are ones like podcast guru podcast addict and kind of have been around for a while uh, anytime podcast player some of these were more new ones like Podfans has just come along uh, steno.fm um, fountain was a was a new one as well and all of these other ones which are ones you, you're not probably gonna have heard of but they would have a user base somewhere Podcast Republic, uh, Escape Pod, Turtlecast, uh, all of these sort of different ones. So I counted 36, which support at least one element of the namespace. And this list is by no means exhaustive because I know even Apple have supported one of these. So that would make it 37 because they're, they're not on this list. So what, have, what has all of this done? Well, all of this innovation has just provided new value for the podcasting industry of being able to create different experiences for your audience of when you're talking about a, a particular topic in a graph of having that chapter image show up within the actual podcasting screen itself without having to put that into your audio file uh, like you used to have to and really make your feed super bloated and large which would then kind of detract from the podcasting experience once again this is kind of about trade-offs about trying to do things more efficiently of helping to uh, improve the improve many different things this has actually just given me a, an idea for a new topic of of just the straight up improvements and e efficiencies that podcasting 2.0 is uh, has enabled with things like podping which um is helping to save the planet because it's not using as much energy so uh, lots of lots of really cool stuff there. I think I'll leave it like that for the moment, and um, yeah, just just state that I guess the emergence of podcasting 2.0 was something that was desperately needed by the industry, and uh, it's from the ground up. You know, there's no big amounts of money. It's not people trying to force their way and say this is what I want and this is what I want. It's a collaborative effort or funded on and using the value for value model which is this is only going to work if it is helped support by the people who are uh, listening to it and getting value from it so they started off you know without any money and just creating all of these things and it costs a lot to run these servers to uh, host all of this infrastructure digitally and um, you know even tax wise and and helping to support the Lightning Network with uh, enabling a node and all of these various kind of complicated facets. They did all of this just, just straight up with, with kind of goodwill as the, as the main driving force behind it. And um, I think it's been really, really successful so far. And I predict it's going to be even more successful in the future because it's, it's not only revolutionizing podcasting, but I think it's going to move out into um, other mediums as well, music notably. And um, I will talk more about that in the uh, some of the future episodes. So just stay tuned for that. Okay, I think it's about time to thank some people. So I am going to go onto the Boostergram Lounge. Mm -hmm. 
welcome to the Value for Value Postagram Lounge. So we have here on the Boostergram Lounge quite a few people to, to thank for this week. And so today being the 26th of June, of sorry, of July 2023, it means I'll need to go back to the 19th. And so we're going to here. Uh, I'm not sure if I captured this one last time. Cole McCormick, the definition of podcast is to be podcasting. Um, I probably didn't. So um, that was uh, via Fountain with 2,222 sats. Quack, quack, quack. Big row of ducks there. Thank you very much, Cole. We have one from uh, Gene Bean as well. He said plus one to a show full of cops uh, or uh, lots of pitches. I think I did uh, say that one last time. So getting on to here, Macintosh. Great foundation laid. You didn't say this at all. It's not you, it's other people. Two things that bug me. My podcast is on YouTube, not in my opinion. <laughs> in my view, yeah, you have recordings on YouTube. And the one that makes my skin crawl, I listened to the pod or I recorded the pod episode. It's a podcast. It's not a Tide pod or a Kubernetes pod or anything else with pod in it. Rant done. Go podcasting. Macintosh, Generation Bitcoin, 2100 sats sent using Fountain. Yeah, I don't bother the pod one doesn't bother me that much i don't say it myself personally but it, it doesn't irk my skin it get under me but the the one the one on youtube yeah and that's uh for example here's his uh one that happened recently i might have repeated this but I'll, I'll say it anyway there was a new one coming out and i saw them advertising well not advertising just saying hey we've got this podcast out and uh, i looked for it and I couldn't find it on Fountain. I looked for it on uh, Apple. I couldn't find it on Apple. I looked for it on uh, you know any of the other apps. And obviously, it, if it's on if it's not on Fountain, it's probably not going to be on any of the others because it's not likely then not in the podcast index. And I found out they just put it on Spotify. And I was like, dude, <laughs> dude, you can't do that. You can't call that a podcast. Jesus. Okay, we're jumping on here. We have Peter. Summarizing other V4V podcasts last season was cool, but I worry you will run out of content to talk about in season three. A Satchel Richards 1111 sat sent using Fountain. Look, I thought that this could perhaps be the case, especially when I realized, oh, I was planning on doing one episode per chapter that I did from that big value for value presentation. If you go back onto the start of this season, which was episode 39, I was talking about how I was going to use that as the foundation, which I still somewhat am. The The two things I talked about today, I was planning on doing them separately, but I went, no, I'm, I'll, I'll put them into to one episode now. So that means that is going a lot more quicker than I thought. The good thing, though, is that I'm just coming up with so many ideas, like value for value has taken over my mind. I feel like I'm going crazy. It's it's almost like every book that I read is just just highlighting to me how important this is and and why this needs to be not say it doesn't need to be it it, it can just I th why I think it will uh, prediction time why I think value for value will be much more important five years ten years in the future and because it is. I think it's just a better incentive system. I think it just works better than advertising and doesn't create all of these kind of crazy wacky things like click getting clickbait titles to get more people to click on so that they can see the ads for, for buy, to buy the crap that maybe they do or don't want. But it's I think it just a it it seems to me it gets to the heart of humanity and 
that humans by their nature are, are good and you can rely on the goodwill of people and not need to force things. And because there is a cost, there is a cost of forcing people to, uh, there's a cost to, you know, securing your IP and your property and making sure no one can access that and then use it for other things. And I, I think value for value is the way forward. So um, I'm going to, I've taken many concepts from the book I have in front of me here, Amusing Ourselves to Death, Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business by Neil Postman. I'm reading The Long or The Longer Tale by Chris Anderson at the moment. That has very many linkovers between how the music industry changed from being hit dominated to it being more niche and having a lot more people listening to niche things through things like Napster. And I, I believe podcasting falls right into this. And I think value for value is the mechanism which helps to enable uh, s- smaller, um, definitely smaller podcasters uh, have a closer interaction with their audience. And then also for larger ones as well, I, I believe it can improve things. I don't think advertising will go away, um, even though I probably kind of would like it to, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But I I do think that it is the future. So in, in terms of content, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I've got a lot of ideas of what I want to do. So uh, I, don't, I don't think that'll be too hard. I've got one here for myself where I was doing a testing out a pre-boost and doing that because it feels feels kind of naughty uh, and I'd never done that before. And I saw that via Fountain. Uh, I've got one here from Cameron and he says, don't forget crowd hosting with IPFS podcasting with a winky face, advertisement. Fans can support your podcast with storage and bandwidth and podcasts can offer V for V to vans hosting the show on IPFS. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. Um, I'm going to investigate this more, Cameron. Uh, and that is uh, 4,444 sent using Fountain. Thank you. Uh, that is one I definitely want to investigate more in. Uh, I don't know that much about IPFS other than the kind of like basic, um, and that stands for the interplanetary file system, uh, and is basically a way for hosting files on the internet in a distributed manner where it's not all on one server, and if that server goes down, then you know you're kind of stuffed. Um, and making things persistent, not permanent. So you can put it up there, but it's not necessarily going to to stay there. It's more about the people, how many individual people are supporting that file and distributing it out that way. So um, I think there are some really cool things, especially where its fans can directly support, you know, your storage and bandwidth. That's super cool. I like I like that as just an, another way of, introducing value for value where maybe you don't want to pay money directly to the the person much like sometimes you wouldn't want to pay your child directly in in cash but you want to incentivize them with something else that they enjoy um and and so i I can definitely see how that value mechanism could could be really powerful so um i will look into that more and um yeah i'll uh if if it's if I find some really cool stuff there, I'll, I'll make a, a full episode on um, self-hosting, which eh, may, maybe that um, would make sense with the value for value show. And then the last one here coming in red hot was chat F all systems go for Podverse on iOS, 3,333 cent using Podverse. So thank you very much. I did indeed check all of these before I went live just to make sure, but it is, um, yeah, it's always, uh, helpful to have people come in and um, and let me know directly like that as well. So 
Now, once again, I forgot to explain what, what is a Boostergram. Well, a Boostergram is a message that you can send directly within the podcasting app or um, via the desktop as, uh, as well. Um, and this is where you can send a message that will go directly into the show to me and help support monetarily the show. Now, this is done through the mechanism of the value tag. This is one of the new tags that I was talking about. And basically what I do is uh, I have a lightning address that goes into my feed or I'm technically using a shim at the moment because uh, this is still really new and a lot of the podcasting hosting companies haven't caught it up yet. And what this does is it allows for someone to send a payment of money through and this may uh, money being Bitcoin in this particular example. That's kind of irrelevant to this. It's basically the idea that you're you're sending money directly to your your favorite podcaster or digital content creator, as it were. And um, in this case, that they attach a message to it, which helps. Um, one, I, I I thank everyone. You know, thank you everyone who who helps support the show this week. And it also is a. But the more important thing for this is the 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 content in it. You know, I've just learned about IPFS podcasting. Uh, I learned that some people were uh, perhaps concerned about how much content I would have for this. Not to worry, Peter, I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> um, and, and Macintosh's comment there and, and Cole, you know, all of them help to provide content for this very show itself. So uh, another one, just come in, Lyceum, you have the ducks, quack, quack, quack in the row. I have to add more funds to my wallet. Martin Linderskold, Tea Party Media Podcast, 222 sent using fountain. Thank you very much. Like that experience, getting a live podcast like that, bam. Ah, oh, sorry, a live, uh, live boostergram, a live message directly from my audience. And it has, uh, I know it has value and because it, it has some actual money attached to it. It's so, it's so cool. I, I love this. I love this so much. Um, so yeah, that is, that is the boostergram lounge. And, um, I really do thank everyone for for sending in that those messages and the monetary support that also goes with it. And um, I will talk a bit more about how you can support the show in non-monetary ways um, in the value for value section coming up. So let's get off into the section here, which I have labeled the um, uh, tip section. So some tips for this week. What have I been learning about in the value for value world recently? Well. One of my goals this month was to investigate more other value for value shows that I typically don't uh, listen to on a, on a regular weekly basis and just find out what they're doing. And so there was one called Flirting with Bitcoin, which I've seen pop up on the Fountain app a lot. And I've seen this pop up because one of the hosts is very active on there. I see him liking and commenting a lot. And it's because a lot of people were creating clips and I was like, okay, this is kind of strange. Why, why are so many clips being created? Uh, because clips are, are normally, yeah, you know, people do it, but it's, it's not that often. It's not, this, this had multiple clips created per episode. And what I found out was that he was incentivizing people to create a clip because he would then go and I think 250 sats, he would kind of boost them for creating a clip. So once again, it's not a huge amount of money. It's, it's what, like 10 cents, something like that. Um, in, in Australian dollars, that would be five cents. Yeah, about five cents. And the mechanism of, of doing this was uh, within the app itself. And it was just a way of incentivizing his audience to one, share the show. Obviously I found about it. So if I have, a lot of other people has. And I think it's just a, a great use of features to 
really, um, I suppose, be directive with your audience about what you want them to do. So value for value, all of it is in the ask, really. I, if I just create a show and I don't ask people for support back, I'm not going to get it because it's very rare that people will reach out because they don't know. They don't know if you need help. They don't know what it is that you'd like them to do, this kind of call to action. And you want to make sure you're making the best use of that. Every podcast who says, uh, go write a review on, on Apple and five stars in a review, that doesn't really do anything for the show. It's gives you some slight social brownie points. It can make you feel a little bit better as the podcaster. But honestly, one of the reasons that we did this at the very start of our show was because we didn't know what we wanted people to do. And so this is one of the cases where this guy knows what he wants his audience to do. It is very niche. It is almost restrictive in a way because he's saying to just do it on one app. Uh, For example, you can create clips on Podverse, but I didn't hear him asking his... uh, his uh, audience to do it there. Once again, this is kind of because on Podverse that functionality isn't enabled. Uh, But it's just one of those ones where it's like, be very particular with your ask, be very certain of what you want your audience to do. And it's okay to have multiple of them, but you can get some really, really interesting behavior from, from the people who are following you um, by, by doing this. And it's, it's super, super helpful in in that um, case. Another one, which was just mentioned before in one of the boostergrams was satvertising. And so this is basically a, it's, it's not a common term. It's maybe it won't last, but it's, it's kind of funny, which is a play on advertising and stat and sats. So this is using Bitcoin to uh, advertise your podcast. And instead of doing it in the manner of the typical advertising realm, which is I pay money to Facebook, they keep all of the money and they show these ads to all the people using their service. And then the people using their service tolerate the ads because they enjoy the experience of connecting with their friends on Facebook, of using Facebook Messenger, of, you know, insert whatever. And this is the same for all of these apps, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, the, I'm just trying to think of other, YouTube, I suppose. All, all of this is, is very much based on that. YouTube's slightly different because they allow their their creators to get part of that money that the advertisers pay, but not much. And once again, none of that is going directly to the the audience. So what is cool with advertising is if I do something on Fountain like promoting an episode, which I will be doing for the Mere Mortals podcast because uh, my co-host Juan had a really good chat with Jeff Yu, who is basically... Uh, He was the uh, ex-CEO of Binance Australia and the current CEO of Monochrome. And he's trying to create the first uh, ETF, electronically traded fund of Bitcoin here in Australia. And he's been, he's he's pretty legit from what I can tell. And we're going to promote that episode. And for everyone who listens, uh, 20% of that money that we're using for for the advertising goes to fountain and 80% of it goes to the actual listener itself. So we're incentivizing you to actually listen to our podcast episode. I was a little bit hesitant about this when I was first doing it, mostly because I just have hangups about the advertising model. And this was, you know, even just using the word satvertising kind of triggered some alarm bells. But the more I reflect on it, I think the more that that makes sense. If I have something I want to show, 
two people, not all of it should go to the middleman of Fountain. It, it makes sense to me that a large portion of it will go to the, the actual people who are consuming the ad. You, you get paid to, to listen or to watch an, an ad in this case. And in this case, I hope my ad is, doesn't come across as, a, <laughs> as an actual ad, but it's the, the meat and potatoes of my show, the, you know, the mere mortals, the, the full episode that, we've, that, that Juan has done. This is where I go, okay, yeah, this, this makes a lot, lot more sense. So um, that is just one thing I would also recommend um, trying out, testing out if you are a podcast creator. If you want to advertise your show, sure, you can do it on Facebook and all of those sorts of places. But um, I think doing it on a place where, one, your audience has the ability to to send that back to you. We actually have had that. Some guy earned 100 sats from us and he just sent it straight back to us. Like <laughs> that's that's um, that's a very, very interesting, different different mechanism. And I, I think... Um, can can it's not exactly value for value, but it it plays in nicely with uh, helping create a show and and I suppose connecting with your audience. What what better way of connecting with your audience than than giving them money? <laughs> so that's just uh, one that I wanted to to highlight there. So now uh, that that was my tip, I guess. The uh, application and service uh, highlight that I want to do for today is actually Podverse, and this is for their live item capabilities. So <clears throat> I personally use Podverse for a couple of different ways. I have it on my phone. I actually really like the queuing features that um, is on there. Uh, I found this really good and their search as well, I think has uh, been a, a little bit more powerful than, than other ones, uh, some of the other apps that, that I've been trying. It's also very cool because it is on desktop and on your phone itself as a um, iOS or as an Android application. And I think even F-Droid or something like that. I don't, I don't, I'm not that aware, but that's kind of phones that are uh, a, a niche variation of phones. And one of the cool things you're doing, if you're listening on the desktop and you, you know, reach halfway through an episode, you pull out your phone because you're now going to go for a walk that will reflect that you're halfway through the episode on your phone as well. So it's got some great connectivity between the, the desktop version and then the um, mobile version. It has a lot of the new features, like I mentioned with the live. So it will send you a notification for this. So if you're su subscribed to, to this episode, uh, to this podcast on uh, Podverse, and you have it on your phone, it will send you a message when I go live and uh, pop up on your screen, which is very, very cool. They have plenty of other things. Um, most of the other uh, sort of tags and features, which I was kind of hinting at before. I'm just trying to go here to the actual app itself. So they have uh, boostergrams, chapters, funding, lives, uh, sat streaming, search, social interact, sound bites, uh, which is the clipping feature I mentioned transcripts which i was also talking about before value that they have a lot in there um so yeah and it's on android f droid web and ios so this is one uh i actually send i have mitch downey who is the creator of that as a one percent split in the mere mortals uh podcast so uh, i yeah would just recommend uh checking him out and checking his uh his his service uh his his app because I, I, I think they're really cool. And it's, um, yeah, just, just one I wanted to, to highlight for this week. So let's go on to the value for value section. As usual, I put in a 15% split 
for for this podcast for for each episode to to someone who I think is deserving of it, who has helped out me personally this week, or who I think is helping to to move podcasting 2.0 forwards. And this week, I'm going to give it to John Spurlock because I was actually having some difficulties with this feed uh, on Blueberry, and you know, it it kind of looked like maybe I was the problem because I wasn't clicking the button correctly or something like that. He dug deep into the data. He found out how this thing was connecting to this and wasn't connecting correctly. And it was sending out late and helped to notify Todd at Blueberry. And uh, they got that fixed up lickety split, which is super cool. So yeah, for this week, I'm going to give 15% to John. Uh, he's also got some really cool stuff related to the statistics and a way of um, getting open open source statistics. So I think it's called op3.dev. Uh, yep, so the Open Podcast Prefix Project, uh, free open source podcast prefix analytic service committed to open data and listener privacy. Basically, all you have to do is put a little bit of your um, a little code in your feed. Once again, this is related to the namespace. And then you can get some really, really cool data uh, about who is listening to your podcast. And yeah, I would just uh, recommend checking that out as well. So big thanks to to John for this week. So 15% of whatever you send in for this week's episode is going to go to him with the other percentage going to the podcast index and to Fountain for helping me manage all my feeds and getting these boostergrams and, and things like that in as well. So what is going to be my value for value ask for, for this week? I, I was talking just before how your, your ask needs to be particular, needs to be locked in. Well, for this week, I would just recommend coming out and joining the Mastodon. This is where the podcasting 2.0 community is largely based. And so if you go on to podcastindex.social, Mastodon is kind of like a Twitter type thing, but um, is not as, uh, how would I put it? One, for one, it doesn't have ads in there, which is beautiful. And it's just a, a chronological timeline. So it's not mixing up everything. When people are speaking, you can just see what they said and you can follow the, the links down. And uh, yeah, this is just a great way to connect with people uh, who are podcasters like myself. There is developers, there's people creating services outside of this like John was and who are just helping out in general. There's some funny memes that sometimes go on in there. It's just kind of the place to be if you want, if you're intrigued into this, if you're having difficulties, if you want to know more, if you want to ask the stupid questions, this is a place to come and uh, people there are super friendly, helpful, and uh, will give you, you know, give you some contact, uh, some access to some of the coolest people in the world, like Dave Jones and Adam Curry. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing place. So yeah, that's, that's my recommendation for this week. Uh, I do, of course, appreciate if you help out this show in, in other ways. Uh, if you are listening to this, you know, share it with a friend who uh, is a digital content creator and might get some value from uh, from finding a new model, a new mechanism to to help support their show and connect with their audience. If you have any technical know-how of, uh, for example, if you wanted to create um, chapter art, uh, episode art for this, I haven't been doing that for this season um, just because... Uh, time time basically is the the main one for me so if you wanted to do that for me like hell hell yeah like let me know and um send something through and i'll, I'll chuck it up and uh, of course treasure as well you know i had to recently update my storage feed on blueberry because i was 
speaking a bit longer in these episodes than I thought I would and uh, monetary support coming in for, for me to help help me support and at the very least, you know, cover cost for this. And, you know, I would like to make this a, a living and, and, and that does require um, having people contribute to the, the podcast. If I can't make a living from this, it, it will go away at some point. So, uh, yeah, just a recommendation to to send in a boost. If you want more uh, explanation on how to do that, I would go to meremodelspodcast.com slash support. And I've got a easy explanation there of, of how you can help do this in both the Boostergram way, which is my preferred way, and then also via um, fiat money if you want to do that via PayPal. So whew, a big one this week. And um, yeah, thank you everyone for, for joining in to this episode of the Value for Value podcast. We've got some really cool stuff coming up for the next episodes. I'm excited for that. So do not be afraid that I will run out of content. Thank you everyone for supporting the show. And until the next week where I am live on a Wednesday, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is UTC at midnight at, on a Tuesday and Wednesday uh, at UTC zero. So that is just, uh, yeah, come and join, join the live. And um, I, other than that, I'm just going to leave it here for today. Thank you. And until the next time, ciao for now. Kyron out.